1: Welcome to Something Rhymes with Purple. If you're listening to this at home, on a run, or while you're commuting to work, that's because you're not here in the Fortune Theatre in the West End of London, where Susie Dent and I have gathered for one of our live podcasts. If you're new to this podcast, essentially it's a celebration of language and Susie is here, the world's leading um, etymologist, to tell us all about language. I am here trying because my wife sends me messages throughout saying, for goodness sake, shut up. Uh, (laughs) You know, People tune in because they want to know about the words. You know nothing, Susie knows everything, and you have told that story three times before. (laughs) Okay, so I will try to be disciplined, Um, but we're thrilled to have you here. This comes from the Fortune Theater, which is in Covent Garden. And uh, we've got a lovely live audience, and we are live. And Susie, what are we going to talk about today?
2: Well, we are going to talk about an essential item during these winter months. And before we actually hit the recall button, we were talking about this with the audience because I came on wearing a very thick (laughs) coat. Because the big freeze has descended, hasn't it? And so we're actually going to talk about what we wear under our garments. Uh, And we're going to talk about undercrackers, chuddies, underfugs,
1: Undercrackers, uh, chubbies, underfunks,
2: chuddies. chuddies. Chuddies? Yes, as in kiss my chuddies. Oh. <laughs> You're going to explain um, all
1: these words in a moment, aren't you?
2: I will. I will, I will. But what are you wearing underneath your suit if I may be so bold?
1: You may be so bold. I am wearing my thermals. I'm standing up now. Okay. I'm, I'm going to roll up my. I, this is not because I'm a Freemason. <laughs> oh, it's because. Oh, they've gone It's sort all of grey in the wash. Um, <laughs> Is it a onesie? No, it is. It is. <laughs> ah, dearie me. No, I've got, and on top, I've got, look, I'm just undoing my shirt here. Yeah, I've got a separate um, thermal underneath, you Please see. Please, may I see? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. When I was young, there was a vogue for chest wigs. Uh, <laughs> because men felt so inadequate if they didn't have a good um, sort of chest of hair. And you could get a chest wig uh, it was really from a makeup shop. I forget where it was. It was somewhere in Covent Garden. And the one I bought, it had matching underarm toupees.
2: You actually bought one.
1: Yes, because when I was a bo- when I was young, when I was a teenager, I had no hair on my chest.
2: Did it come with a merkin?
1: But, but I went, what? Did come it come with, with a merkin? Did it come with a merkin? <laughs>
2: I just remind the underarm hair. Uh, remind uh, you're going to ask me where merkin comes from? I want from. to. I'm, to, have I'm no going to idea.
1: ask you. I do, I do know, but what is a merkin? Well, because, I know
2: what one is. is
1: no, but, but maybe some of our listeners don't.
2: What, okay. Well, what is
1: a, give me the dictionary definition.
2: That's what I'm going to do. It may
1: be more wholesome speaking it that way. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: How, okay. I was going to say hide behind your merkin, but I know what you mean. Hide behind your dictionary. Tell us.
2: A pubic wig, and probably originally a variant of Malkin, or a parallel pet form of the female forename Mary. (laughs) Why would you want to have a little Mary down there? (laughs) Anyway.
1: Moving swiftly on. Moving (laughs) swiftly on. So you're going to explain all these words to us.
2: All right. Yes, well, I've got some fantastic... Underwear facts Good. for you. Sure. Uh, so first of all, undergarment. Uh, the garment bit is from French, as uh, our words so often are, uh, from garnir, meaning to equip or fit. That's where we get garnish from as well. But obviously, our underwear, a lot more than garnish, pretty essential. But So um, the word
1: garment has been around for how many years in this country?
2: Uh, well, if it goes back to the Romans, I suspect it probably came into English after the Normans came in because they bought the French. The old French was garnement, I think, and then that in turn went... Back to the Latin, so usually after the 11th century.
1: So garment is a piece of clothing, an adornment, a, any, yes. any kind of pe- clothing, yes. could be anything. And undergarment suggests it's something that goes under your Beneath, outer garments. Like your Very good.
2: Exactly. Uh, so shall I give you a few little facts? Now, some of these yes. come from a, a brilliant book Uh, My friend Greg Jenner, for anybody who knows Greg, he's a historian, and he wrote an excellent book called A Million Years in One Day, and he looks at the history of toothbrushing, he looks at the history of loos, of wigs, it's absolutely fascinating. Anyway, there is a little bit on undergarments, I'm going to give you a few little facts, okay? A gentleman in medieval Europe would often forego pants altogether, and he'd simply tuck his dangly bits under his shirt, or his chemise. The... N- nothing from there. Okay.
1: No, um, I'm, 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 I'm listening. I'm, I was going to say I'm trying to visualize it, but I don't need to do that. I'm, I'm picturing it, yes? You're
2: picturing it, okay. When Elizabeth I discovered silk stockings oh. as, a, as opposed to the cloth kind, she bought piles of them and she wore each for only one week and then she donated them to a lady in waiting. That's good. That's quite nice, isn't it? So corsets were once worn by men. No, once once know, worn
1: Elizabeth. by men. <laughs> How little you know! A lot of men wear corsets still. Do they? Oh yes, uh, theatrical types. Oh yes, do they? to come on looking pulled up. Oh yeah. A okay. Lot, oh yeah. Or, or things like spanks. Are they called spanks that keep oh, yes. you all men in... wear spanks. Oh, no, no, do they wear spanks? Okay, absolutely. Of
2: course they do. Oh, interesting. Well, of course it comes from the French uh, corps, meaning body, so it fits around your body. But they also were the first to wear bras, because um, brassière goes back to the French for arm, and it was a, uh, originally part of body armor for the arm. And then oh. had quite a journey to get.
1: So when you're putting on your armor, support. you say, "Fix my brassière." Meaning, as it made, was it made of brass? Is that what it was?
2: No, um, it was bras. Bras, as in yeah. bras. Yeah.
1: The French for arm.
2: Yeah. This is a long, long time ago and only for a short period of time, and then it became firmly is, affixed is, to women's. Are,
1: are we, I mean, we may be coming back to this, but since you raised it now, uh, how was that journey, if, if Brasier, if the word bras, the English word bras, yeah. is also, people say Brasier, it's from the French, is it? Brassière, no?
2: Brassière, yes. Yes.
1: yes. Uh, that is connected with arms. How does yes. it actually cover the breast?
2: Well, I think it then moved to mean the breastplate of a body of armour and then eventually ah. to anything that supported you. Ah, in a particular so we heads. go
1: from brassière on the arm to mm-hmm. breastplate mm-hmm. to breast supporter. Yeah. Fine. Is this the moment to give us lots of alternatives for bras?
2: Lots of alternatives? The, all Alternative other words? Alternative words. I don't know if there are any many other words for bras, really. Oh,
1: yes, there are. There's slang expressions.
2: Okay, tell me some.
1: Well, I was always told that the bra was invented by a German um, garment maker Mm. called Hans Titzlinger. No. (laughs) I'm sorry, at school I believed that, absolutely believed it. Surely not. Yes, I I was going to do some research on this subject, (laughs) but I just thought, as my wife said to me, what are you looking up? And I thought, no, you're right, you're (laughs) right. I, uh, I don't want to have any of this in my Googling. So no, I
2: don't want to no. Yes. Uh is the first mention in a Canadian newspaper of brassieres of fine cambric lace and embroidery trimmed. And then in 1912 and it uh, was there a magazine called The Queen. Yeah. Uh, the stylish figure of today requires a brassiere.
1: Yes, there because I think up until then mm-hmm. uh, people didn't wear bras, did they?
2: Uh, no,
1: I think I mean, think. It, it is a, it's a 20th century invention. Clearly, yeah, uh, and then became popular because. But I think
2: there were other ways in which uh, you were supported, you would be supported yeah, including including the corset. So I'm just looking for um, bra. Yeah, and then the first match men- is 1936.
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah, as recent as that. Yeah. Okay, so you've given us, as it were, the bra. Mm. Uh, you mentioned earlier. I almost threw it away. Pants. Uh, yes. and, which I think in American are trousers. They are. But pants, to a British audience, are underwear, underpants. Yes. Why are they called pants? Because <laughs> that's pants, isn't it?
2: Yes. So it's very different. So these are short for pantaloons. And do you know the origin of pantaloons?
1: A character from the Commedia dell'arte. Exactly. Tell us more. Yes.
2: So this is the stock sort of farce, the farcical tradition of Italian theatre, where you would get particular figures who would be there all the time.
1: Columbine.
2: Yep, Harlequin.
1: Harlequin, pantaloon. Pantaloon Was he the comic old gentleman?
2: He was an old gentleman who was always getting into little scrapes, I think. And he wore incredibly garish trousers, and we think it's from here that pantaloons were named after him. And then, of course, they were shortened, but it explains why in American English they still mean trousers.
1: Well, also in French, pantalon does mean trouser, doesn't it? It does. Um, it pantalon? French pants in America, are trousers. They're here. They are the undergarments, and there are lots of euphemisms for them, aren't there? I mean, that's some of the ones you mentioned earlier. Yes,
2: Under- I think underfugs is probably Under- the worst. Underfugs. Fugs. Yes, it just sort of implies that it's all fuggy down there. It is. Isn't but we it? we haven't mentioned the u- various euphemisms for trousers even. Oh. So in Victorian times, one of the big taboos was saying the word trousers because it was considered to be very rude because they housed the unthinkable, let alone the underwear.
1: Can I ask you something? Yes. Do you think this is true? Yes. Are you sure it's not a kind of Victorian joke?
2: Yes. So I think a lot of these were used humorously, for sure. But, I mean, we often hear about doilies around... Piano legs and things. Is, I don't think
1: that but, is true. Yeah, I see. Yes, because yeah. people the 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 line that is taken often is that people were so embarrassed in Victorian times about these inexpressible, literally inexpressible parts of the body that yeah. people would cover up their piano legs because you shouldn't be allowed to see them. And again, th- sounds ridiculous. It does sound ridiculous. And I can't believe they were that ridiculous.
2: But the but the asking for chicken breast story that oh, yeah. I told you about from Churchill, that I think that is true, and that chicken breast was considered too rude. Well, the word breast was...
1: I mean, I remember that with my, my father. We used to have a lovely lady called Miss Lynch who came to spend Christmas with us when I was a boy. A very lovely lady. Uh, she was the mother of a, a, a girl who'd been at school with my mother, so she was my grandmother's age. Yeah. And my father teased her by carving the, the breast and saying, some breast, oh, no, oh, I'm so sorry, Miss Lynch, white meat for you.
2: Exactly,
1: uh, exactly. And it was it was considered quite naughty.
2: Um, I think it was considered quite naughty, then, and white meat was exactly what you needed to say. Anyway, the, the, if you look at the historical thesaurus, you will find trousers called unmentionables, indescribables, round me houses.
1: Round me houses, yes. I like that
2: one. And sitter ponds.
1: Sitter ponds, good. Where, where are my sitter What are undercrackers?
2: Uh, under crackers are likewise they trousers Underwear yeah. Oh they're underwear It's, it's they're underwear. men's underwear particularly
1: And there was a couple more you mentioned right at the beginning Un- Under fuddies? No, what was that? Uh,
2: chuddies Chuddies Now uh, chuddies I think is Hindi So Kiss My Chuddies Doesn't that come from Goodness Gracious Me? Yeah. Yes uh, Which was the fantastic comedy
1: With uh, Peter do Sellers Do you remember
2: this No, no <laughs> No
1: uh, well, uh, He said, ah no There's a song in a film with Sophie Loren Which he sang Goodness gracious me, you mean the television series? I do mean the TV Yes, my series. references go back rather further. Uh, I like to take the long view, but yes.
2: Yes. <laughs> um, one other little tidbit is that, from Greg's book, is that apparently when Tutankhamen's tomb was opened, they found about 180 pairs of underpants, which were essentially knickers, uh, nappies, that were fastened at the side. So oh. They looked a bit like nappies.
1: Nappy is obviously from napkin. Yes. You mentioned knickers. And I'm going to say they're from, not the ice cream, the Knickerbocker glory, they're from Knickerbockers, which were trousers worn by...
2: So you have to go back to Washington Irving's New York story in which he basically had a hero called Dietrich Knickerbocker, a Dutch uh, hero who wore these particular Dutch style breaches and knickerbockers were named after this it was a satirical novel so Um, washington
1: irving's writing when about 1900
2: washington irving was 1809 i think yeah so a little bit earlier than that and i think it was called the history of new york anyway lots of illustrations in there of these short breaches and knickerbocker eventually named after that character Dietrich knickerbocker such a good name and we get knickers from there including bridget jones's big knickers famously
1: so knickers, because uh, now you associate knickers with underwear worn by females, don't you?
2: Yes, but um, knickerbockers were worn by men as sportswear. For Christmas. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm thinking
1: bloomers. We know because I'm sure we've talked about it before. Yes. is an eponym named after Amelia Bloomer. Yes, who pioneered them.
2: Amelia Jenkins Bloomer. She was sick of basically women being expected to ride bikes with their long. Skirts, and of course you can particularly go side saddle as you could on a horse on a bike. So she liked to wear. She didn't invent them, but these were big. They were a bit like pantaloons actually, which would enable people, women.
1: There to was cycle. a big movement in Victorian times for dress reform among women, and I only know a bit about it because of having written a lot about Oscar Wilde, and his wife Constance was a uh, champion of female clothes reform because the clothes were considered uh, uncomfortable uh, restrictive underneath and dangerous overall because there were cases in fact I think two of um, one of Oscar Wilde's half sisters maybe or relatives anyway aunts died because people wore these huge skirts and they caught fire there were a number of of Mm. cases of of women being literally burnt to death because of the frocks they were wearing and so in late Victorian times, there was a whole movement to change this. And I imagine your, your bra is part and parcel of that as it comes along. And also the whole thing of, of having to ride side saddle, because it was yeah. considered more decorous for a lady to ride side saddle. Yeah, exactly. And therefore, they had to construct things that were. Made it possible.
2: Madness, Good. really. But then, fast forward to um, World War Two, and women in on low incomes would hand knit their knickers. They'd make them out of flour, and then for a while, apparently, you might remember this in the sixties. Apparently, there was a craze for paper throwaway knickers.
1: Yes, and they were most unsatisfactory. Okay. Uh, no, I did. I, you could get. You could even go to W. H. Smith and get paper knickers, and I did get them because. You thought, well...
2: It's oh, for men as well? Oh, yes. Oh, okay.
1: Because they were disposable. That was the idea.
2: And in the 70s in California, there was, they were the incredible edible candy pants.
1: Oh, please. I oh,
2: know. Sorry.
1: Good enough to eat. They were licorice-flavored, the pants. Licorice, licorice? That is no turn-on, is it? Licorice-flavored <laughs> underpants. So yeah. pants we've done. We've done bloomers. We've done knickers. Have we done drawers?
2: Uh, no, we haven't done drawers, actually. and that's because you draw them over your feet and draw them up, I think, is the idea. So you oh. sort of draw them uh, together. I mean, we talked about the corsets. I mean, actually, those were once fastened or, or pulled so tight, weren't they, that women actually fainted. Oh, yeah. And then the waspies were, to accentuate a slender waist on the women. They would be drawn so tight that you looked a bit like a wasp. Horrendous. Well, and that's where we get straight-laced from if someone is so... Pull tight; that they're slightly rigid in that outlook. Very good. Mm.
1: Well, I mean, I need possibly straight laces to improve my
2: posture. Me too. Um, me too. What about the g-string? Ever worn one of those?
1: <laughs> I'm rather excited by this picture you have of me <laughs> 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 throwing off my merkin and getting into my g-string. Yes, <laughs> indeed. In search of my G spot. Let's not get well. We can go there possibly. Yes. What is the origin of a? G- what is a G what? string? It's a little. It's I think what they call a cash sex, isn't it? Oh, what's it? A cash sex. Oh, okay. You're not familiar with that expression. Uh, no, I've not really looked for one in France. Excuse me. Who here is familiar with the cash sex? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> a cash sex yes. is well to hide your sex. Yes. So it was like a G string or a jock strap, maybe as a co- yes. A
2: jock strap. Jock strap is short for jockey strap. And was originally worn as, I'm not quite sure why they were worn by jockeys, but they were worn in sports, essentially. Yeah, yeah.
1: to protect your private parts. Yes. Because if you go to, uh, we were talking about armour earlier, and the brassiere being part of a suit of armour. Yes,
2: of course. If you go They're to the Wallace big. Collection yeah.
1: they've, in London, uh, they've got some marvelous suits of armour from 14th and 15th century. Mm-hmm. And there, the private parts of the people wearing them are protected with separate extra metal. Around their private parts, like sort of cod pieces, proper. Like cod piece. Yeah. Cod piece. What is the origin of a cod piece?
2: Uh, so that is cod c o d d e used to be slang for testicles, along with nutmegs. Hence, why you nutmeg someone in football if you pass it between their legs. Um, this is why they come.
1: This is why they come. <laughs> you never, you did not know that they nutmeg it in football. It absolutely um, But did it.
2: you know that um, a bracket? actually was originally a word for a codpiece. So when you put brackets in your text, you were actually looking back to the shape of a codpiece slightly.
1: I wish my friend Dame Hilda Brackett was still alive <laughs> because she would be thrilled to know that actually it, her name was Hilda Codpiece. <laughs> uh, um, but, but, yes. So go on. So the codpiece takes us, a, a, a jock so strap of codpiece, is, is a kind of but codpiece, but a G string is, is like a piece of string yes. that is there um, as a cash sex. Warned kind of by sense. women rather than men, or possibly both, I don't know.
2: Well, originally by men and... Um, originally by men? I think so, yes. Quite uncomfortable,
1: it's just a piece of string, isn't it?
2: I was actually just looking up G-spot while you were... Just in case you came <laughs> to that. Um, yep. Shall I go there now? Finding it is always <laughs> the problem. <laughs> so, okay, the G-spot, uh, the G is the initial letter of the name of Ernst Griffenberg.
1: Yeah, he's um, related he to um, Herbert Titzinger, I mentioned earlier. <laughs> Um, say, okay. it, say the name again.
2: Uh, Ernst Grefenberg, I'm glad they didn't call it the Grefenberg spot. That would not have been so good. So that's, now that's a sort of
1: 1960s, 70s phenomenon, isn't it?
2: 82. 82. Yeah, uh, quite, yeah, quite late. But so the G string... the G string, yes, yeah. no one knows why it's called the G string, but some people think it's because it's as thin as the G string on a violin.
1: Or, maybe when you see somebody wearing it, you go, gee!
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it
1: American, is it British?
2: Um, I think actually I may be wrong on this I'm going to double check but I think it was borrowed by the American settlers from Native American indigenous peoples I think so let me just double check that so actually the first reference here is to music uh, so it is the g-string on a, a violin then yes a loincloth or breechcloth with the string supporting this once worn by Native Americans Oh, interesting. So it was 18, known as a G-string. 1878, and then 1936, a similar piece of material worn by showgirls, striptease artists, etc.
1: Very good. So it's a kind of loincloth. Hmm. Very nice.
2: Yeah, essentially. And a thong is... Oh, a thong. A thong yeah. simply Just a
1: thong at twilight.
2: Simply called because it is a, a narrow strip of leather, which is what a thong is, essentially. So that's how it started. So they were they were leather the first songs. This is going to get you very excited, isn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm I'm just sort
2: <laughs> <In> of. <your> thermals.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm tucked into my thermals. Uh,
2: the song that's an narrow strip of hide or leather is from the 10th century. So it's mentioned in the Lindisfarne Gospels. In that sense, but not in the current sense, obviously. Then a song uses the lash of a whip. 1592. Then we have the thongs that you have on your sandals from 1967 and then around that time also the underwear thongs but what was making me smile a little bit is that it all goes back to a very ancient word meaning to restrain and it says compare the german zwingen, which means to twing or twinge and that says compare the dialect form wang Um, (laughs) that was what was making me laugh sorry and that is also a strip of leather
1: She's easily pleased. Easily pleased. <laughs> I am, I am. We haven't talked about the vest, have we? Because it, I remember no. at school you had to wear a vest and pants. Yes. A vest is what? Vetement
2: is clothes, is exactly, it? yeah, and that's exactly where it comes from. But in, in Italian, a vesta was a robe or a gown, so it's come down a little bit in the world to become the sort of underwear thermal type thing. Vests are underrated. They are fantastic. Uh, you're a now we call them camisoles, don't we? Do we? Well, you are... Darling, like fetch me
1: my camisole. Uh, No, I've never caught
2: it. Yeah, you're not wearing a thermal camisole, but women often do wear camisoles.
1: And what's the difference between a camisole and a vest?
2: A camisole is, first of all, from the French chemise. So it's a little chemise, a little shirt, so to speak. And a camisole is slightly flimsier and a bit more attractive than a thick vest.
1: Uh, Let's... Wrap up the underwear before we take our break. Uh, before we take our break. Mm-hmm. Because then I think clearly the uh, audience here at the Fortune Theatre are itching to ask, and they maybe oh, wearing, if you're wearing Woolsey. You. Um,
2: Talking of itchiness, do you remember I introduced you to the word shiviness? Tell me more. It is the discomfort of new underwear. Ah. But actually that must have they must have been really uncomfortable because a shiv was a little piece of wheat or corn sticking Ooh. into you. So they must have been I made love made for, I made for new underwear. For I love months, the feeling
1: of, I love the feeling of new underwear. Okay, well I do. Tell, tell. me about boxer shorts. Where do they why hmm. fronts, boxer shorts. Yes. Versions of male pants, I think they yes. are, aren't they? Well
2: boxers because they're originally worn by boxers in the ring. Oh, As so they they
1: now. look like Boxers' shorts. Yes. That, that's why they're called boxers' shorts. Exactly, boxes, that's why they're called boxers' shorts. And
2: Y-fronts? Uh, y front because they're slightly Y-shaped, aren't they?
1: The front of them is. Yes. So that's, and they just become... And
2: you know, then, okay, I will tell you that 1953, it was a proprietary term for men's underwear. They've got the Y-shaped seaming at the front, et cetera, et cetera.
1: I sometimes, when I'm putting on my thermals, uh, call them, I, I say, oh, I'm going to put on my long johns today. Why do I say long yes. johns?
2: Well, I think there, John is used... We often talk on, in the podcast about how people's names, I and mean, when we had that with Merkin and Mary earlier, they are used generically to mean certain things. So the example I always give is Jack. as uh, You have a steeplejack, a lumberjack, jack of all trades. Um, just Being a bloke, used, a chap. Yeah, just a generic form. And so Long John, I have no idea, and normally the dictionary does not tell you why John was chosen rather than Jim.
1: Um, I thought it might have had something to do with Long John Silver. And oh. maybe he wore them. Maybe Well, you never know. Uh, These illustrations of the time.
2: Perhaps after use of Long John as a type of name for a tall person, ah. applied to various objects for their unusual length. So I think actually Long John originally was a tree, a very, very tall tree. And then Long John's obviously a very tall So long,
1: long John Silver was. was probably a very tall character.
2: Probably, in, in yes. The, in the yeah. novel. Yeah.
1: Very good. Okay. What about this word um, skivvies? Is that a...
2: Oh, in your skivvies. Yeah. Yes, so I think the reference there is simply to, if you are a skivvy, you will be wearing quite sort of functional uh, clothing. And a skivvy originally was a female servant, um, as opposed to a male one. We don't know where skivvy comes from, though. Um, But if you're in your skivvies, you are essentially wearing your functional stuff.
1: I remember learning a tongue twister that began with, he went from the Indies to the Andes in his undies, um, (laughs) which was...
2: Quite, That's be, I like fun.
1: that. What about scanties?
2: Scanties, they're very scanty. They're very small.
1: Scant means, what is scant? Scant
2: means insufficient. Fine. Yes, and negligee, do you remember where that comes from? No. Talking of insufficiency, the idea was that if a woman wore a negligee, she was being slightly negligent because oh. it wasn't quite covering up enough.
1: Ooh. <laughs> well, all this we've been discussing is lingerie. Yes. And what is, where does lingerie come from?
2: It's from the same root as linen. Um, and when we wash our dirty linen in public, we are really washing our dirty underwear in public because originally linen meant your undergarments. Oh. Hmm.
1: Well, we've learned a lot there, haven't we?
2: We have. Yeah. have certainly learned
1: a lot. Before we go, if there's anything on the undergarment front that you want to shout out, gusset. gusset. Oh, Thank you. No. Gusset. No. The, the word that was on the edge of all our no. lips, but none of us could remember. Oh. Let's disappear down the gusset before we have our break.
2: God. Uh, I hate it. Well um Sorry. No no so don't funny. say not this but That's okay you
1: asked in a mission of, of wanting to know, so
2: Okay. So um originally a gusset was also on a suit of armour and it was the bit between the legs essentially and again it sort of had a protective um purpose. But we think, weirdly, it goes back to a French word for <laughs> a bag of nuts.
1: What bag of, a of bag nuts? Bag of
2: nuts. <laughs> 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 yes. Yes. So it was a kind of like a bag or a shell containing nuts. So originally, again, a So we back to the decimal no, thing. No, back with to the, the nutmegs, the- I'm afraid.
1: We're back to the codpiece. Yes, With the no-
2: all the different synonyms for testicles. That I, I once designed a t-shirt for balls to cancer, which was a lovely, is a lovely charity, aimed at um, raising awareness of testicular cancer. And honestly, the thesaurus of testicles is incredible. You've got your Nerts, your Aunt Polly's, your jelly bags. <laughs> um, There's a
1: song in this, isn't there? <laughs> Don't you think, your nuts, your Aunt you go on.
2: <laughs> your jelly bags, I'll try to remember some more of them. Uh, obviously, your uh, your nutmegs so or twiddle diddles is another oh, one. Oh, I like that. Yes.
1: Yeah. Stop fiddling with your twiddle diddles.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. Very good. Oh, stockings! You remember what stocking? Where stockings come from? No, where
1: do stockings come from?
2: Because originally, if you were in the stocks as punishment, you would be putting your arms and your legs through these holes. And the idea of stockings is that you would sort of your legs were covered up. So um, in the like stocks. Punishment.
1: Your legs went through, and therefore you covered them up. Yes. And what you wore were known as your stockings, exactly, because you were in the stocks for it.
2: Yes. And guess who wore stockings originally? Tell me. Men.
1: Well, of course. Yes. Well, given we mentioned stockings, let's well no, let's leave people in suspense. Okay. And then ah, then come back. And we can come back and talk about suspenders. Okay. (laughs) Let's take a break. Thank you very much, see you down there. More than. We are going to give you extras because this is a birthday, a very special birthday. Ava has come all the way from Dublin to be with us. Where are you, Ava? I'm here. Dave, uh, well done. Hey. Uh, we are now going to have the West End chorus <laughs> singing Happy Birthday to Ava. All right, on the count of three. One, two, three. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday dear Ava, happy birthday to you.
2: We've been asked quite a few underwear questions in the interval. <laughs> yes, give uh, me so one. we were asked about briefs. Yes. And uh, the answer is simply because they are brief. And, and curtail, this was an American
1: who asked you this, wasn't it? Uh, uh, we have an American it was a person lovely in American. Hello. Thank you so much um, for coming. You came from Dublin. He came all the way.
2: <laughs> and we have Andrea from Australia.
1: Andrew from Australia. Andrea, thank you.
2: Andrea. So, oh, Andrea um, from Australia. So briefs are curtailed, and curtailed is also from the idea of having a short tail as a as of a shirt in fact do you remember in our textiles episode i think we talked quite a lot about garments and how they have slipped into english invisibly so um if something is succinct it looks back to a roman toga that was so sort of billowing that they would often kind of hitch it up with the belt so they could walk without getting it dirty at the bottom and so it goes back to the latin meaning to be tucked under your belt and that means if something is compact and tucked in it's succinct
1: Succinct. Yes, and as in suspendere, you suspendere.
2: mentioned. Oh yes, the suspenders. Um, different different meanings in uh, obviously Britain and America, um, but suspenders are simply from the idea of um, being sort of well hung or hitched up. So in the cases of braces, as we would call them in North America, or the suspenders that hold up. This so
1: suspenders in the United States are braces over here. We
2: would call them braces and yep.
1: suspenders.
2: And braces is, is a sibling of brassiere. Same
1: idea, oh. being supported, yeah. And the braces, the suspenders you wear on your legs... Mm, they're attached to Yes. Your Interestingly, I think American suspenders on your legs are ones... Oh, oh you have suspenders that literally keep your socks up. Garters. For, oh, yes. What are garters. they called?
2: Garters. garters.
1: Are they yes. called garters, are they? Yes. Are you sure?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: But also, aren't there suspenders that keep your socks up as well as... Susp- yes. I think there are. Yeah, and then um, there are suspenders that are, are, are part of your laundry. I think they
2: are called garters in in North America. That the same idea. Um, and uh, I did a
1: version that? of the Rocky Horror Show 20 years yeah. ago. <laughs> yep, yeah. are. Yeah. Ah, you've, you've come back, I know, hoping for more. And it was it was fun to do. It was quite, it was quite exhilarating wearing the suspenders. You, you, well, you get a freedom. It's rather like appearing in a mask or on stage. You get a freedom to do things that you wouldn't otherwise do normally. Now when we do these live podcasts, it's slightly different. Normally, if you're a regular listener, and uh, listen up because very soon we'll have our 200th episode, uh, Susie every week comes up with a word, usually a pretty obscure word in my book, Mm. that she loves and wants to share with us.
2: The first word of today's trio, I have mentioned quite a lot, so I suspect that many of the purple people will already know what it means, but they've come up nonetheless, bless them, with some alternative definitions. Okay, so Quackawodger. Remember this one?
1: No, what, how do you okay. spell it, quokkawadja?
2: is Q-U-O-C-K-E-R and then W-O-D-G-E-R, quokawadja. Um Okay, so Michaela Youngson from Wembley says, a person who talks a lot about golf but never plays it. Oh, there <laughs> it is. Um, Ian from Carrington says, it's the little weed that vibrates to make the sound in a duck call. Oh, I like that. Mm. And this... This, I know you're going to love this one. Michael from London says, a quokkawadger is an old rocker with a dodgy todger. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you have to remember, try and remember these, um, yes. because you have to choose your favourite out of all of them. And we give the t-shirt. t-shirt.
1: It's a T-shirt. We didn't discuss that amongst underwear, did we? I suppose it's not no. underwear, it's outerwear. It's shaped like a T. it's just shaped like a T. Okay, go on.
2: Okay, so that's quokkawadger. Then we have purfled... P-U-R-F-L-E-D. P-U-R-F-L-E-D. Oh. Cara from Torquay says, it's the description given to underwear that you've owned for so long <laughs> it lacks structural integrity.
1: That's very That's good. a
2: brilliant definition, that one. And Tony from Bromley says that purfled is the past tense of perful, uh, which is to sigh through one's teeth. Ah. <sighs> yes, exactly that. That's purple. <sighs> And Jackie from London says that purfled is someone who runs from being cleansed by a vicar. <laughs> As in purfled, purfled.
1: Oh yeah, I like it.
2: Yes, okay. So that's purfled. And then we have I'll say this carefully, Puckfist.
1: Puckfist.
2: Yes, only the fist is spelt F Y S T.
1: This is a real word? Yes. B U C K F Y S T. Give us the definitions we've been given.
2: Okay, so Andrea Clifford-Jones from Canberra in Australia says, My husband suffers from an affliction of saying really inappropriate things at highly inappropriate times.
1: Oh, a, a man after my own heart. Well done.
2: <laughs> a pack fist is the super-sized leather boxing glove that I insert in his mouth during these moments. <laughs> Which buys us time to make our retreat and make it home before the lynch mob finds us. Oh, that's funny. Excellent. That's very good. And uh, Ian from Caddington again says a puck fist is the name of the ridiculous pouting face that young girls insist on using for every social media post. Very good. And Luke from London, I met Luke. Luke says it's when Reverend Spooner gets trollied. I love that. Not puck fist, but you know.
1: Oh, very good. Very good. Well, oh, that's Indeed. so clever.
2: So, are you going to remember these? I am remembering them, yeah. Okay, so you now have to choose the winner from the Kwokkawaja.
1: I loved all three of those, but of course the one that stuck in my mind was the last one, which was a bit cheeky have one t-shirt we have one t-shirt
2: we had three t-shirts oh three yes. well
1: then then the last
2: one what was the last one okay so a quokka word Mike, michael with says his... is an old rocker with a dodgy tonto
1: i think that's so amusing so one, one well there. done
2: michael uh purfles
1: uh, well i have to say the underwear that has oh, a, that was brilliant lack structural lack integrity. structural integrity that was
2: cara well, well done cara and puck fist
1: well i have to say in the interests of marital harmony in australia <laughs> uh, and also for ingenuity. There were so many good ones there. They were there. excellent. The Reverend yeah. Spooner joke was, was particularly brilliant. clever, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And I was at New College, Oxford, where the Reverend Spooner was warden and where the spoonerism originated, but you I You have
2: did... hissed your mystery lecture.
1: I have, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to go, though. With Andrea.
2: With Andrea. With Andrea. Reminds and and the her, definition again? Uh, my husband, he, her husband, he says very inappropriate things at inappropriate times. So uh, a puck fist is a supersized leather boxing glove that she inserts in his mouth. Thank uh, you. During those moments. So well done, Andrea. Fantastic. Now, we always finish with a lovely flourish from you, and Giles, and you give us a poem.
1: Well, I'm going to read a bit of a poem today, not all of it. When we first came to the Fortune Theatre, and we will be back here, I think, in January and in February as well. When I first did it, I read a bit of one of Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats, T.S. Eliot, the wonderful 20th century poet, Thomas Stearns Eliot, but I was, was amused as a child to think that T.S. Eliot was an anagram of toilets, but that <laughs> tells you more about me than it does about the great poet. Uh, and I think when we first came here, I read you a little bit of Gus the theater cat. Yes. So I'm not gonna do that. I'm instead going to learn, speak, read a bit of the poem, Macavity. Macavity is a mystery cat. He's called the hidden paw, for he's the master criminal who can defy the law. He is the bafflement of Scotland Yard, the flying squads despair, for when they reach the scene of crime, Macavity's not there. Macavity, Macavity, there's no one like Macavity, he's broken every human law, he breaks the law of gravity. His powers of levitation would make a fakir stare, and when you reach the scene of crime, Macavity's not there. You may seek him in the basement, you may look up in the air, but I tell you once and once again, Macavity's not there. McCavity's a ginger cat. He's very tall and thin. You'd know him if you saw him, for his eyes are sunken in. His brow is deeply lined with thought, his head is highly domed. His coat is dusty from neglect, his whiskers are uncombed. He sways his head from side to side with movements like a snake. And when you think he's half asleep, he's always wide awake. Macavity, Macavity, there's no one like Macavity, for he's a fiend in feline shape, a monster of depravity. You may meet him in a by street, you may see him in the square, but when a crime's discovered, then Macavity's not there. Macavity, Macavity, there's no one like Macavity. There never was a cat of such deceitfulness and suavity. He always has an alibi and one or two to spare. At whatever time the deed took place, McCavity wasn't there, and they say that all the cats whose wicked deeds are widely known—I might mention Mungo Jerry, I might mention Griddlebone—are nothing more than agents for the cat who, all the time, just controls their operations—the Napoleon of crime. <laughs>
2: That is wonderful, and uh, you mentioned that uh, we clearly aren't massively... Uh, prepared. I totally forgot to give you the real definitions. <laughs> for these oh yes, words. you did. I did. So uh, uh, yes, the fourth ones am
1: amusing. Are. What were the three okay. words? What were the definitions? So
2: a uh, quackawadger, one of my favourite words in Victorian times, a quackawadger was one of those puppets, the wooden puppets that just basically its limbs would jerk with a string. You can still buy them, oh, yes. like little marionettes. Yeah. And so quackawadger slipped into the political lexicon to mean someone whose strings are pulled by someone else. A puppet politician, essentially. Purfled, possibly this is quite a good one for this particular episode. Purfled means short of breath, especially when too lusty. Um and puckfist means thirsty, because a puckfist was a dried toadstool. So if your mouth is as dry as a toadstool, you are feeling puckfist.
0: There you
1: go. Yeah.
2: Sorry, I
1: forgot those. That's good. You're being out of breath, the purple, when when Lusty, reminds me of an old line. It was somebody like Bob Hope or George Burns towards the end of their life who said, you know, when people say, uh, shall we go upstairs and go to bed? He would reply, I can do one or the (laughs) other. Perfect. That's our lot for today, isn't it? Listen to us every week. We drop a new one every Tuesday. Tune in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music. Whatever you get your podcast, you'll find
2: us You will. And Something Rhymes His Purple is, as always, is something else in Sony Music Entertainment production. It was produced by Harriet Wells, who's here with us today, alongside Sam Hodges and Andrew Quick in the rings from Tilted for the live shows. Additional production from Chris Skinner, Jen Mystery, Teddy Riley, and.
1: Well, he sounds like an undergarment himself, doesn't he?
2: Gully. Yes. Oh, yes.
1: I've got lost in the gully. Where, where's your gusset? <laughs> it's gully. Anyway, thank you very much for being thank with you us. Very thank you. Very thank you. <laughs>